smash you! And Michael Fanero. You're a closet <laughs> Philly fan. Dude, I hear Fly Eagle Fly and it's like nails on a chalkboard. Because you're like, why am I singing this? Stop! <laughs> the Rookie Fever Podcast. Welcome back to Rookie Fever, episode 286. And I'm here as always with the feverish Fanero. What up, what How the heck up? are you? Good, man. I, I feel like we have one of those guests where you you start it with and the one and only we have the one and only or or something like that. <laughs> I don't know if you agree if we should debate that or have um, our listeners vote before <laughs> we bring him in just to make sure we can say something like that. It's a fickle world out there. Um, jokes aside, we've got Dynasty Rich on this week from Dynasty Nerds. Somebody that I really have enjoyed getting to know in the industry, Rich, and I think Fenero, I think a lot of people would agree, Dynasty Nerds, and I might have said this before, you wanted the first Dynasty podcast, if not podcast, I listened to back in the day. Absolutely. We've been lucky enough to meet you a couple times. Rich is a larger-than-life figure, like just an awesome guy, though, like larger-than-life, but gives you the time of his life and and just awesome to get to know you rich and happy to have you back on the show you're you've i mean you should be the godfather of dynasty by now <laughs> it, it was me like ryan mcdowell fighting for it is that what's gonna be? i i mean right like i don't want to like get more into that rivalry but no, there's no rivalry I like ryan. <laughs> well, I talk. for uh, my intro it'd still be more fun if there was <laughs> you gotta say that, McDowell. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Call me the Godfather. Of no, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate all the kind words. Yeah. And uh, and I know from talking to Rich that he just truly cares about Dynasty and the growth of it for the community, for the listeners, for the leagues, and just um, can't say enough. Rich, I'm happy and excited to have you back on the show. And I'm just as happy to be here. So thanks for having me, fellas. Always good to see you virtually and in person and to hear your voices live. The one and only Rich <laughs> Dotson. Hey, let's talk some uh, some Dynasty. We're going to talk some rookies, right? It's a rookie fever show. We're going to talk some rookies. You guys got a good format here going trying to predict what rookies are going to help your uh, lineups, if they can even help your lineups, you know, because just because you're rookie 12 doesn't mean you're going to be <laughs> running back 12. Exactly. Uh, you'll be running back 50, and that's no bueno if you're looking for a ship. Now, if you're looking to try to get B. John Robinson, then that's a whole different story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but that's an interesting too. So I feel like 2022, Rich, is the year – that if you want to decide to lose, you can. That's your choice. But if you want to decide that you can win, I think this is a good year to do it just because so many people are shooting for those 2023 picks. So I don't know how you feel about that. I have one team where I've almost demanded I need to tank a little bit, but I'm going for it in all other leagues. Yeah, see, I mean, that's uh, that's such a, like, a, it, when you say it like that, like, oh, that's just the way it is. But that's just dynasty in a nutshell, right? Like, you know, you know, the, what, what I try to cater to is I live, I live on dynasty on three simple facets, right? Like who to buy, who to sell, who to draft. That's dynasty fantasy football for me in a nutshell. So that's how I kind of focus my whole, you know, life upon playing a game for the last 20 years. And, you know, you can argue Shane that people are real excited about this 23 class and yeah, it's real running back heavy, which is, you know, that's the biggest hype because it's, who does not need to run back on a roster, but we've been exceptionally spoiled these last four years, essentially of drafts, right? Like we've got some cream of the crop coming in here where if you blew your team up four years ago and you acquired just one extra first round pick throughout these last four years, like you start to build yourself a really good team, including this year. I mean, look at, I mean, at the receiver position, we've had so many first round receivers go, uh, over his last couple of years. And I would say like 95% of those guys that have gone in the first round have hit, right? Like they've been really good. And look what we have this year. Chris Olave looks like he's going to be a very solid fantasy football contributor. Drake London looks like he has a potential to be an absolute monster with his target share. You know, I like what I've seen out of Traylon Burks. 
Garrett Wilson, even though his quarterback was Joe Flacco and he's got the great Elijah Moore offsetting him and even Corey Davis and, and the stud, two stud running backs, he's been able to flourish as well out there. We haven't even seen Jamison Williams hit the uh, hit, hit the ground running yet. Some of the running backs that you took later and the guys like Damian Pierce have looked good. George Pickens was, and Jahan Dawson, who are potential second-round picks in your in your league, have already shined enough where like, if you try to buy them for a 23 first, people are going to tell you to kick rocks. We haven't seen – Christian Watson get in the field uh, at a high level yet. Just that one, you know, that he had that one game where he had a first play of the game where he dropped <laughs> the football. So as excited as you are about the 23 class, which is fair because we've been pumping up just as much as we pumped up the 21 class as well. You know, the, the classes in between from 20 and 22, this past class have honestly been just, just as good uh, from a talent standpoint. You couldn't have been happier to grab uh, some of these players and, I've kind of missed the boat on a lot of these guys, even though I break them down because I feel like a lot of my leagues I'm a contender in. And when I'm a contender, I, I trade my draft capital away at all times, at all times, because you could, there's no, it's the greatest part about dynasty, right? Like you could take this first round pick, this unproving unknown commodity and turn it into somebody who's going to give you good, high quality production for three years. And yeah. when you play dynasty in a hat, you know, two to three year window, that's all you can ask for. So when you can get guys like Devontae Adams for a 23 first, right? Like when you can get Mike Williams for a 23 first, like that gets you excited. And then you have to get a little bit on top because once you get out of the first round, it starts to get real wishy-washy on value there or the production and get back in return. Uh, you're starting to look for outliers more than proven commodities if you're not at the top of that second round. So, yeah, man, I mean, if you're tanking for 23, God bless you. But that the way I, I just – that's every year the way I look at it. I mean, that's just how you play the game, right? Like you – the only place you don't want to be in dynasty is in the middle. So if you're not a contender, you should be reloaded, right? You should be finding these rookies. You should be looking to rookie fever and like hear these breakdowns every day. It's a service you provide. Like you guys are giving all this rookie content on there in such a huge aspect of the game, right? Like youth, like youth, how do I capture it? And so, you know, what I love about what you guys are doing here with these, you know, top 12 rookie breakdowns and, or who do you think can finish it's you're getting the names out there. So it doesn't matter if they finish as tight end 24 or running back 50. Like you're getting names out there of guys that are under the age of 23 that are producing, right? Like it doesn't matter if you're running back 50 this week, you're producing and that means you're getting touches. So you're an injury away from getting more touches. And the more touches you get, last I checked, it equates to fantasy football points. And that's what we're all trying to get the most of. So we can come away with that ship and maybe even a little credits on the side. So yeah, man, I, I love it. I love it all. And if you're tanking, Good, good for you. You know, I'm in a league right a straight away Terry McLaurin for Sky Moore in a 23 first or 24 first because I'm trying to get B. John Robinson. So I'm trying to lose. And Terry I, I heard you happens. talking about that. And I don't mind that strategy either of like when you realize you need to tank, you do need to make your team a little bit worse to make it better and get that higher pick. I'm curious where you're at with Sky Moore, though. You talked a little bit about it this week on Dynasty Nerds, but now here today you do make it clear that you made that move because you want points out of your lineup this year yeah i mean i like sky more a ton i mean you know an fcs kid can take it in the second round which to the chiefs nonetheless had a really good camp like a really good camp and then the start of the season he's like just disappeared you know that, that punt drop or whatever it was uh fumble and then he didn't get back in the game he's got very limited usage but I think they're also just trying to see, you know, maybe he's just not ready. He's you got to remember, Sky Moore came out of the FCS, and now he's at the he's in the show, right? He's in the NFL, and he's got guys on there that have experience. And Marquez Valdez Scanlon, they paid thirty million to. They got Juju Smith Schuster on there, and where these guys might not be high quality fantasy football options, they're still quality NFL players. So they're going to get their opportunity. But you know, Juju's going to be gone next year. Uh, you know, Marquez Valdez Scanlon's not going anywhere, but he's he's just like we saw in Green Bay. So he's not anything anything to worry about. Sky Moore, yeah, is he a risk when you definitely trade away like Terry McLaurin? But if I look at Terry McLaurin, I look at him as a as a wide receiver too, right? Like that's yeah. that's how I envision him for the rest of his career, like a mid range. That that's what he is. Yeah, high up wide receiver too. Like, all right, give me Sky Moore, who I think if he gets in any kind of everyday role, can easily give me that Terry McLaurin production. Give me a 24 first on top. And I got Derek Carr in that league. And I had no other quarterback besides Dak Prescott. Like I traded away Ryan Tannehill last year to move up into first to get Traylon Burks because somebody else did not have a quarterback. So I used that. I was like, okay, I'll just rely on Dak all year and I'll just draft a quarterback next year. It's not a big deal. So I was still contended. Like I was still kind of like 
reloading uh, in that league. And I still am. And now I have 223 first. I got 224 first. So Sky Moore, just like any other rookie who's shown hasn't shown us anything yet, is a gamble. And all I can go off is their tape. And I enjoyed his tape tremendously. So, you know, he's got the draft capital. He's got the tape. He's got the quarterback. He's got the offense that uh, that I love. So, yeah, I mean, I'm going to take a risk there. Uh, you know, if I would have waited another week, maybe that maybe I could have got a little bit more because Sky Moore has done even less, right? But sure. those are the players I, I love the target. Like, I love the trade for guys, definitely lately, because we've been so lucky to be spoiled by these draft classes. Everybody's looking for this immediate production. Everybody's looking for guys to come in and help right away. And anybody that doesn't all of a sudden slides by the wayside. And guys like Sky Moore – uh, and tight ends fall in the same row, but guys like Sky Moore, maybe Jamison Williams will fall in this category too. But guys that had that first round rookie pedigree in your rookie draft that all of a sudden you can get for a 23 second, uh, eight months into the season, and or or a player that's a little bit older that you didn't want, where all of a sudden in your rookie draft you say, Hey, Sky Moore's are at one nine, I'll give you Zeke Elliott. And somebody's like, No, kick rocks, dude. Like, I want one nine because I'm getting Sky Moore. Well, all of a sudden now he's obtainable. So these are guys I try to target, guys that have high grades on. Um, and it works out. Sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't, right? Like I did I did a move sure. where like for Brian Edwards during that rookie class, I traded a pick higher the year, the following year, because I was like, okay, I had this guy have almost a first round grade. He's slipping. I'm gonna trade for him. That didn't really pan out. But I did the same exact thing where Michael Pittman was there at the top of the second round, and I traded my first to following year for Michael Pittman. And it was a late first. It ended up being a late 22 first. Like, I think that worked out, right? So those are yeah. all the moves that I like to I make. I love that move. Yeah, I'm and, always and I love, like, the great. idea of buying Jameson right now. I will be honest, though, and I we don't have the bandwidth that you have, and Finero will be fighting on your side. But when you're not here, I'll, I will be trying to drive that Sky Moore value down for you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. <laughs> But Fenero, Fenero will be there with you. <laughs> you, you mentioned, Hello. though, like how our top 12 list and how we try to kind of track that and how, you know, we can track the growth of that a little bit. I wanted to, you mentioned that number 12 player, though, and how easy it can sometimes be to hop into this list. And this week it's Kenneth Walker. I know, Rich, from listening to your show that he's he's not your guy, so to speak, but whoa, 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 whoa. You might be a whoa. little bit of a you believer. This is a show that you missed that week when me and Mike were talking uh, <laughs> a long time ago and how much I, my guy was Kenneth Walker. I came on here to play no Kenneth Walker, how much I love him. And people are calling me so stupid today because I had Kenneth Walker. What did I hear you say this week on the show? I heard you say something this week on the show that made me think that you weren't as much into him. So I apologize if I misspoke. No, what I said was, is I was very confused that they re-signed Rashad Penny, who had a monster season last year. uh, And then they take Kenneth Walker's as number two running back off the board high in the second round. And then all, and he was healthy last week. And all of a sudden we saw, Travis Homer last week at all the third down production. Yeah. And then this week it was uh um Boone, Mike Boone, you know, like all the third, like, what is like going? I, I was just more confused. Like, what is this team doing? Like, what is this team doing? But I, I feel like Walker though, with his limited opportunities had the best game of the whole group at, with only three attempts, 19 yards. I think we're going to see more to come three for three in the passing game. He was running back 50, though. doesn't do anything for us in fantasy. Do you think we see a safe floor coming for Kenneth Walker, or is it just going to be this meh season in this awful offense? I think in 2022, it's going to be hard to see a safe floor at Kenneth Walker because, you know, they still have Rashad Penny. Uh, If he could could ease his way into that third down role, right? Like you mentioned the three catches, like that's what, that was one of the biggest question marks people had on Kenneth Walker. Like, will he be viable in the passing game? And I, you know, Mike and I were talking uh, early in the spring about like how good he looked at the combine, right? Like catching a football and how in a way, you know, we talk about in the podcast is when it comes to that, whether it did in college or not, it's either they can or they can't, right? Like either they catch footballs or they can't. And Kenneth Walker showed us he can catch football. So the fact that he has a little bit, use there that's his biggest step to get into a floor right because that's the biggest bubble that's that's that safety net that you have when it comes to fans football is a pass catcher running back because those ppr running backs because their floor is so safe because all i gotta do is catch five balls for 38 yards and that's 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 giving you something it's like it's like a good running back 
who doesn't catch passes rushing for 80 yards, which is a solid day. So they have the safest uh, floor amongst those guys. And right now with Seattle for how bad that offense is, if he can find himself in that third down role, definitely with them trailing, that, that goes in the floor. But, I mean, once they, once they brought Rashad Penny back and they took Kenneth Walker, it was kind of hard to envision him having a great year. Like, I would prefer they keep that tread on that tire kind of, you know, kind of new and they kind of kind of do what they're doing like they're going to use Rashad Penny they didn't pay him the money not to reuse him he didn't look that good not to use him maybe if he just falls flat on his face they won't use him but I hope they just kind of like split the carries I hope is I hope he eventually said find himself into that third down role a little bit more is what I want to see like I'm more interested to see if Kenneth Walker can evolve in the passing game this year than anything else because they're not gonna bring Rashad Penny back next year and next year he will be the guy with whatever quarterback they have that they drafted in the first round, whether it be CJ Stroud, Will Levis, you know, like whoever it is. And hopefully they can, you know, make the offensive line a little bit better as well. Cause they got the receivers, they got the tight ends. So I just want to see progress. I just want to see steps from Kenneth Walker. And if anything, I hope he doesn't do much because that opens up a bye window, right? Like, and that's, and that's what I'm always looking for. Like if I believe in a player, especially a running back, if I'm sitting at the back end of that 23 class and say all those running backs go early and there's a player somebody really likes and I could somehow s- scoop Kenneth Walker for him, that would be ecstatic because I think his value comes in 2023. And I would have felt that way uh, after the draft too. I still ha- And I still had him as my number two overall player because I really like his skill set. I like the way he can get to the outside. I like the way he can run inside. I like that he did show that he catch the catch the football. So for me, the value of running back always – slightly trumps the receiver because we've had such an influx of young receivers as well. And look at us now. I mean, the whole running back at like the whole running back game in dynasty fans football and fans football is almost like the floor has dropped out under us already after week three. It's like, there's so many guys that you're pessimistic about pessimistic about. We just talked about in the podcast, this newest dynasty nurse podcast. And we're like, look at some of these guys like Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey's producing. He's you know fifth in NFL in rushing, but he's not getting all those catches. Zeke Elliott, um, Dalvin Cook looked good at least, but a lot of these guys. I mean, the window's closing pretty drastically. There's going to be a large void for these young rookies to come in, and I think Kenneth Walker is going to find himself a, a role because it's an ever-changing, fluid landscape at running back as it is. That's why I always preach hashtag two to three year window on running backs, no matter what. Um, doesn't matter how good they get once they get the, before they sign that second contract, you've got to get rid of them and just keep drafting new ones. So I get, I mean, I guess I, I love Kenneth Walker. So I want to say, because I think he's still a really good quality running back. That's kind of one of the huge giant circles. I'm glad Kenneth Walker. Rambo. What about you, Fenero? Where are you at with that? So I was wondering, one of the, I think more eloquent yet simple phrases you have kind of tied yourself to and and i use often is the ease of buy if you're in like non-high competitive leagues this might be the opportunity to to kind of look at walker um i think if you're in a high competitive league nobody's gonna nobody's gonna trade him away cheap i think he's he's when he was drafted he was a next year guy i think we all knew Mm -hmm. that he wasn't going to be a this year guy um that being said he's out there he's healthy and he's getting three carries per game right so this is this is an opportunity and if it continues the longer it continues the easier maybe that buy gets and ease of buy being it's not going to be easy just a little bit easier than it would be well yeah and kind of what i mean by ease of buy and i think you're explaining it but it's not cheap Definitely it's, not. it's probably what you would have had to offer last week or the week before, but this week it might get accepted type deal. You know, yeah. it's still, it's not going to be much less than it ever was. It's just maybe a little easier to obtain. And the yeah, other so, thing too, it, it, this price is only going to go up. The right. more you yeah. see it. Oh, absolutely. Go and the other thing too is, you know, we wait on these running backs every year and we talk about it. You and I swags every single year. I mean, um, Brees Hall is starting to break through that ceiling, but we're waiting on him too. And and he, you know, Kenneth Walker was overshadowed by Brees Hall, but, but both of them had magnificent combines. I mean, Kenneth Walker around a four three eight, he's he's one of those guys that is is more than elusive. He's fast, and we just haven't seen it on tape yet. Not on NFL tape. We've seen plenty of college, and um, I'm excited. I'm here for it. I'm with Rich. Rich. Really quick, tell these guys how amazing DynastyNerds.com is and everything you do. 
We'll tell them about Code Fever. They know about <laughs> the money they can save. If they haven't gone over there yet, they're crazy. And then when you're done doing that, I'll tell you about the trade that Dynasty Nerds Calculator is telling me I lost. <laughs> well, the Dynasty Nerd Calculator is under uh, overhaul. It's one of our main focuses right now is re uh, refurbishing the calculator because, you know, calculators are always used as a guide, not mm -hmm. as a guideline. Um, and we realize sometimes that our values, like we need to like, that's one that we just had a meet on it. Like we have to hammer down our traded calculator. Cause like dynasty trade calculator, to me, that's the best in the business. Um, and we're trying to like, just get on their level essentially of like value wise. But I mean, that's what, I mean, dynasty nerds, I guess in a nutshell. And like you said, you had that promo code fever, which saves you 15%, I believe yep. off all our tools. So the way I look at it is for the price of a cup of coffee, you can have a tool and a website to help you guide you and help you, you know, you know, maybe when you're torn on a decision, kind of give you the right guidance um, 365 days a year, right? When it comes to dynastynerds.com, the actual website, you know, we have the Dynasty Nerds film room. It's all 22 film of these, these game players. It's each individual player only when they're on the field and that's it. So you can watch the entire player's game in six minutes. And you, when you're talking about watching rookies and breaking them down, you know, th there's tons of people I know in the business from like major, like analysts in the business that use our site to watch film. And I get, I take great pride in that when I, when they hit me up, That's and like, awesome. hey, I use your site to watch film. Cause it's just, it's better than what I even, I have. And I'm like, thank you so much. You know? So that's, that's one thing you get. And then of course, like you mentioned, dynasty GM is a tool that I envisioned way back when, uh, when I started dynasty nerds, I just didn't have the funds or the means to even create it. And, you know, finally a couple of years ago, we were looking at that out. It's actually coming to an app soon as well. So anything you buy oh, nice. uh, or get a subscription for, we're, we're going to be the first dot, true dynasty app to market where like everything we have will be on an app um, nice. from our podcast or our website to all our tools. And that right now, if you go to our app, it's a mock draft tool, which I love as well. Cause definitely during rookie season, I use it all the time. Um, it's a very unique mock draft tool right now because you can actually move your picks around right like no, nobody has their own rookie picks so you actually pick what picks you have so i encourage everybody to download the app because everything is coming to that app as well and what we're going to do is give the dynasty gm a huge makeover so if you have the gm now and you use and enjoy it like it's going to get a lot better uh visually aesthetically and we're going to add a lot more functions to it as well and we got some good looking player cards like so when you build like in the dynasty gm when you click on a player it's going to give you so much information it's going to be dynasty overload essentially and all like useful information, right? No, no, like I'm not here for fluff, right? Like I want, I want tangible tools that are going to help me out. And my favorite thing about the league, Anal uh, the GM tool is a league analyzer where you can get, look at your league from a bird's eye view. Cause we mentioned earlier, right? Like nothing's worse than being stuck in the middle. And it's so easy to find yourself stuck in the middle. Cause you're always like, man, my team looks pretty good, but this is dynasty. Your team might look pretty good for a redraft team or for starters, but there's teams that have Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, and Jonathan Taylor on it. Can you beat that team? Right? Like, yeah. can you win a ship? Because it's always come down to me in Dynasty. Can I win a ship or can I win a ship? Because if I can't, how do I get there? Do I get there by making a couple small trades and add a couple good players? Do I need my good player away? Or do I need to re just blows this blows this thing up? And the, the league analyzer shows your strengths and weaknesses to every team, right? And it shows it to you visually so you can see, hey. Like, you know, nothing's worse when you're in a league. You're like, I need a running back. Who's got running backs? You go through every team and look at the running backs. You might take an 11th team. You're like, oh, wait, what did that first team have? <laughs> Let me go back. What are, and then you're like, what are their weaknesses? We give you all that in one look. So, again, for the use the promo code FEVER, you're going to save 15%. It's the price of a cup of coffee. You could try it monthly. I encourage everybody to just get out there and try it. If it's not for you, I get it. Uh, but one thing that we really uh, take pride in is, is getting better. When we talk to our, uh, like, so if you join the nerd herd, right? Like that money's not money. Like, oh, that's another subscription base going in my pocket. That is going to buy a Lamborghini. No, it's like, okay, that's more money. <laughs> he's not into Lamborghinis. He's, no. he's got BMWs. lots of other cars. But yeah. <laughs> so I'm, like, uh, I'm just like, um, I look at it as where like, that's more, that's another subscriber that's going to help us grow the game of Dynasty, right? Like that's every subscriber that comes in is somebody who i look as a building block like we're building the great pyramids to grow the game of dynasty because the way we do that is get more people playing more talking about it and building better tools to help people play because sometimes for redraft people can be scary to convert to dynasty because it's so much information and you feel like you have people that have been playing for five years behind eight ball right like trade me at first what like we want to make sure that you have the tools 
and the guidance to help you compete right away and make the right decisions. That's why we do the podcast every week. We've done done it for nine years. That's why I build the tools we do. So every new subscription comes in. And honestly, it doesn't matter what new ones we get, but just, I guess it would expedite the process. But that's all our focus is in nonstop. We're in constant development. I wish I could afford eight developers, right? Like I wish I could, but we got our one that's a wizard. And he's fantastic. And that's what do we do? We keep building, and we keep building. And you know, it just takes time. Like this GM 2.0, we've been working on for probably like five months. And I got it visually and I look at it all the time and it looks fantastic. I'm so stoked for it to come out, but we're still probably a couple months away. So, but for, again, for the price of a cup of coffee, use the promo code fever, check it out. And I promise you'll be a better dynasty player because of it. And again, you can streamline another thing I mentioned, you can streamline all your leagues in it. Like, so if you play a couple mm-hmm. leagues on sleeper, a couple on FFBC, MFL, Flea Flicker, like you can import all your leagues in one spot. So that's another nice thing to do. They have everything in one spot. And hopefully eventually you can control or manage all those teams from the GM tool as well, uh, like you do from the MFL Platinum app. Yeah. And and maybe you're just bored and can't find anything to watch on Netflix or Hulu. I guarantee you, if you have even a sort of addictive personality, you'll all of a sudden be in Dynasty Nerds GM, like finding your time and messing around and tinkering with your teams and seeing what your needs are. It's, it's just awesome. It's nonstop. I have to tell you about this trade now. So you said, you said dynasty trades calculator was the best. They did call me a winner by a little bit and you guys are calling me a loser by a little bit. And I sincerely mean like by a little bit. So you guys are really pretty close on, on this. It just kind of teeters one way, but the trade was, I traded away my Najee Harris and my 2024 first and i got back dk metcalf and kenneth walker the only thing i want to pull out of the vacuum because nothing is in it as finero would say is i do not own my 2023 first so i need to kind of try to rebuild and keep it young while i'm trying to make that first as low as i can yeah, uh, I actually like your side. Uh, I mean, you're getting rid of a, a true three down back, but you're actually getting one back in my eyes and Kenneth Walker in the, for the future. And obviously, you'd rather take uh, DK Metcalf over 24 first. So I think, Absolutely. I think I think the extra points off of that DK Metcalf trade gives you the edge on Najee. Because I think Najee is going to fall into that more likely like Low end running back one on usage. Uh, if he stays healthy, he'll always be like that running back six, mm-hmm. seven. But again, I mean, we have some young guys coming in. There's a whole bunch of good guys coming next year. So, like, where do these other people fall out? I got like but, three years younger on the running back. And even though they're just a year apart in draft classes, yeah, Najee's older too. You're right. He's yeah. like, he, he's on the older side. So, yeah, I mm-hmm. like anytime I can get younger at running back, in my eyes, it's a win. And anytime I can get future first and proven players that are young at the receiver position, it's a win because that running back's always going to be the most fluid position on my roster. Always. So the fact that you flipped Najee and got DK Metcalf, and then you also got Kenneth Walker to kind of fill those shoes and you just give a 24 first to offset. Like I'm okay. Like I'm okay with that. Definitely you're somewhat of a contender or even not. I mean, 20, when you trade away first, like 24 first, like those are recoupable assets, right? Oh, like yeah. Those are not, you can always find a way to get it back. Like you can easily take DK Metcalf and get that 24 first back plus, right? Like yeah. easily. So there's no loss there. Never, never might be a running back that cheapens up and you could do that with, or a receiver that cheapens up. Maybe like you said, well, you don't like Sky more, but like there's avenues for that. That's why I love, <clears throat> I have no problem. I trade like when I'm two years away trading first, like I love to do it because it's a recoupable asset. Like I got, I got so much time to get that first back. And if my team's competitor, like I have a much better chance to even increase that value because when I add a player like DK Metcalf to my team, then all of a sudden now my receiving core is deeper. So like if anything else sits on my receiving core, you know, I could trade away that play. I could trade that away. That's why like when I draft, say take best player available in a situation like so you get DK Metcalf, and he, and he he's a very say he's a low end running back or wide receiver one, but then you have AJ Brown, and AJ Brown's consistently wide receiver seven or eight. But like on a points per game basis and overall season points, like say DK Metcalf is a point and a half less or two points less sure. per game. 
But now all of a sudden, said like when you get these kind of players like TK Metcalf, you're like, oh, trade trade away this guy. No, now that puts you in a position where you can trade away AJ Brown and get way more than you yeah. would have got for TK Metcalf. I and love that. You know what I mean? Like players like that, people are always trying to trade one player. But I like to trade a player that's going to be pretty close to like points per game value. Like a game, a, a guy like an example that's low on the totem pole and uh, value wise would be like a guy like. Brandon Cooks, right? Who's going to come in there and give you high-end wide receiver two numbers probably year in and year out and be solid. And a guy like Terry McLaurin, who's probably going to give you pretty close to the same production as Brandon Cooks is going to give you. Obviously, age is a difference there, but about three or four years. But you can get way more for Terry McLaurin than you can get for Brandon Cooks, right? So, like, if mm-hmm. I could su- if I could swap out and get the same points per game basis in a two- to three-year window off a guy and that's saying give a second-round pick for uh, – Brandon Cooks, and all of a sudden now I could trade Terry McLaurin away, who's literally giving me the same exact production, if not worse at times, for a first plus. Like the deal I just got, Sky Moore, Derek Carr, and 24 first. That's how you could build a really good dynasty team, right? Like it's just finding players like that because everybody's always looking for those big trades. And I always say, what about the small trades, right? (laughs) Like these players like that, like to keep adding assets, to get a two-for-one deal. So I love your side of the deal because you got – another running back who's a proven running back, but then you also got the better receiver like than the 24 first. So I love it. I love that you're so honest about Terry McLaurin because I think that is all he is. And and it's not even bad, but I do think that you no. can get more for Terry McLaurin than you can for most wide receiver twos. And we need wide receiver twos, but McLaurin might be a little bit overvalued at this point. And, and honestly, this is coming from Rich and Ohio State fans. So to be realistic <laughs> about those expectations from Rich, I think, is something you should take into account. Yeah, I like the player. I think he's a solid player. But, I mean, Jahan Dotson could, you know, overtake that. He's got a first-round pedigree. I know Terry McLaren's got the money, but they're both there on long-term deals. So we still don't know the quarterback situation long-term. I mean, Carson Wentz has shown his own, but it just comes down to – Listen, it always comes down to fantasy football production. Nothing else to me matters. I don't care about anything else. Is Terry McLaurin a really good receiver? Of course he is. He wouldn't have got that money if he wasn't. But is he gonna give me the fancy like is he gonna give me the fancy output that his value holds? No. Like I said, again, it goes right back to Brandon Cooks. I mean, if anybody traded Brandon Cooks for Terry McLaurin straight up, if you took age out of it, it would tell you you're insane. But you're gonna get the same kind of production. So for me, that's what I'm always looking at. You know, like is Zay Jones right now? Zay Jones is probably giving you Terry McLaurin production. Zay Jones is wide receiver 26 right now, which is higher than Terry McLaurin. And if so, you know what I mean? It's like you could go trade for Zay, 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 Zay Jones for pennies on the dollar than what you get for Terry McLaurin. So it's just like yeah. those are those are moves you have to look at when you're dynasty roster. So, again, your guy's strategy is some of these rookies that can kind of fill in that mold where you grab these pennies that could turn into nickels, and everybody else is trying to trade for the dollar – and you got a pocket full of nickels, right? Like it all adds up eventually to dollars. So that's what I'm trying to do. And I'm finding, trying to find those players. And right now they're neck and neck. So Zay Jones is wide receiver 26 overall. Zay Jones is like sneaky good. He's <laughs> nine targets week one yeah. and then 11 targets week three. And he brings in 10 of them. Yeah. So Zay Jones has got 42.3 points on a year. And uh, Terry McLaurin's got 42.2. They're both averaging 14.1 per game, which is great. That's the, But, again, what is the price range on the two guys that are pretty much the same age, right? Like, what are you paying for mm-hmm. one and the other for the exact same production? Yeah. It's too easy in Dynasty. I guess in Fantasy as a whole to get caught up on a name than it is about production. And the only thing that really matters is production. Nothing else matters than production. I like so, that, that, that whole short-term, long-term kind of strategy you have going there. You're like – everyone looks at this as like a five-year plan. So you're just like, okay, everyone do that. They play the five-year plan. I'll still have a five-year plan, but within that plan, I have a one- or two-year window where I'm just going to grab points. Even if it's the non-sexy Zay Jones, I'm going to grab points, get future capital, and I'm not going to really lose anything for it. Like, I like that strategy. It's not one that I use often enough. I think that's great information for our listeners. It's the competitive rebuild. Yeah. You're staying competitive, like while you're on the fly, trying to keep it young, rebuild, and you have always got tools for the future, and leaving points in the lineup. Feverish, yo, 
feverish, feverish, feverish. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you guys how I feel about this as I ask the question. So I feel like James Cook is the handcuff to Devin Singletary. And I feel that way because I think that if Singletary were to be get to get hurt, I think that the Zach Moss role stays very similar. I think that he gets as few touches a week and James Cook comes in and gets the passing downs that Singletary's getting. And I think, I mean, first week, James Cook makes the top 12, actually Kenneth Walker as well, but targeted five times. So I'm thinking Singletary's out. You, that's when you do want James Cook. Feverish. I think for now that feels like the role for sure. Um, it's weird though. Like I don't really know what Buffalo's doing. It feels like really like all over the place for me. Like, you know, James Cook starts out the season as expected, not with a lot of usage, and then week two he has eleven carries, and then he's back to one. So like that's it's a true. very odd. And then even then you go, okay, well maybe he's the pass catcher. Well that's up and down too. Um, that kind of supports what you're saying um, in a way. And I, I I could I could see that like that's a lot of these teams they're not they're not built to help our fantasy teams. I think I think Cook was literally drafted to make the Buffalo Bills better, not our fantasy teams. And I think we're we're gonna have to be patient. He's kind of an outlier with his size on top of that. So, you know, I could see I could see that point being pretty valid. Like Singletary's backfield, and if he was to get hurt, he would get a major uptick. Yeah, I mean, you definitely didn't make me feel any better about about James Cook. <laughs> what about you rich uh i like james cook to play the player i mean obviously we went in the second round for the bills he got a huge spike in dynasty rookie drafts i saw him going the first round some leagues i don't agree with that um i think when it comes to devin singletary devin singletary started at like mid-range last year kind of really stepped up into his role and kind of looked a little way more explosive behind the line of scrimmage Obviously, they drafted James Cook because they were looking for that pass catcher running back. It's why they tried to sign J.D. McKissick, right? Like the writing was like they, we saw what they were trying to do. Uh, I think James Cook, from what I've heard, uh, I know somebody inside that building. And before the season started, I, I asked, I was like, hey, give me for my show. And like, I just want to know personally, like, give me one. Give me something I can use for James Cook, right? Like, tell me what you know as somebody inside that building. And it. I mean, I'm going to say this. I'm trying to say, I, I want to word this, not the same way he did, because I cannot word the way he did. But, like, he, was, he's going to need some time to learn the playbook. You know what I mean? Like, he's got to learn the NFL game, mm. I guess, is a nice way to say it. Um, and, uh, you know, again, he's a rookie coming to this game, and he's a pass catch rookie. And this is a team – you always got to be careful with these, you know, expectations that you get uh, with players like Sky Moore with James Cook on these teams that are Super Bowl contenders, right? Like, if you say the same thing about Rashad White, uh, these teams that are Super Bowl contenders and trying to win championships have no interest in getting these rookies on the field if they can't help them win football games right away. And however long that's going to take, and if it takes a year, that's fine too. Like, they're okay with that. So, like, if Devin Singletary is going out there and he's not, he knows the plays and he knows what he's supposed to do and he can pass, protect, pass, protect, because – if James Cook is a third down back and he can't get pass protection down and do what he needs to do and his assignments, guess what? He's not going to play as much. So am I worried about James Cook? No, not really for what, or at least where I had him envisioned because I envisioned him to turn into a pass catcher running back. And like, how does he evolve in that Buffalo offense that way? Like time would tell. And it might take till the end of this year to really see his role. Uh, but again, he's a, he's a PPR running back, and those are my favorite kind of players to get on my dynasty team long term. Like those are guys I love having stashed on the bottom of my roster because when my running back goes down, they have that safe, soft cushion of a floor behind them, like Naheem Hines, right? Like Jaden McKissick last year. I've had Naheem, I have Naheem Hines on so many rosters, and I never really start him, but when I need him, he's there. And if he scores a touchdown, then I'm really getting those double digit points. But he's always gonna get you like eight nine points a game right around there. So like if you can turn to those guys, those are, those are great players to have in dynasty. Definitely when we just talked about earlier in the show, like everybody's thirsty for that next running back. Everybody needs them. And it's such a definitely in dynasty where there's no waiver wire to go pick a guy up when somebody goes down. Like if you have three good running backs and all three go down, which is very possible, like you're screwed. Definitely yeah. when it comes to the playoffs. So like having those guys that are PPR running backs that hard, don't really get hurt as much are great players to have. 
And I think James Cook has shown us he's got the draft capital. Uh, and, and Brandon Bean's a very good GM. So he's not wasting second-round picks on players he doesn't have a plan for to be a part of his roster. So I still like the player from a fantasy football outlook because he showed it, he could run between the tackles a little bit. But I don't – I don't again, I don't need him to do that, right? So, you know, Look at Clyde Edwards-Alaire. He's a running back one right now. He's not rushing the ball for, for crap. Right. And it's his PPR value to bring him there. And that's we see it every year amongst these top 15 running backs. There's three guys on there that are just PPR guys every single year. So that's what you hope James Cook turns into. And an offense that has Josh Allen with his running ability could kind of open maybe some more things up in the middle or in the flat. I think James Cook offers a good upside for that. But if you're expecting James Cook to be like a running back one, then you're just looking for an outlier. Right then, you're, now you're hoping he turns into Alvin Kamara. <laughs> that's what you're. That's what you're hoping. Like, hey, can he? Can he? Can he live off of just pass catching? Can he do that? Like, and I don't know if he can. Like, I don't know if he can. We have to see all your balls in this offense. And right now, Devin Singletary is a hiccup. And, I, and I'm with you. Like, I don't think Zach Moss's role changes too much. But if if James Cook isn't where he needs to be in this offense, then Zach Moss would get a little more carry. So it's, I think mm-hmm. the best way to look at it is like it's all on James Cook right now. Because I think he, he has the talent to do it because otherwise he wouldn't have got drafted where he got drafted. Mm-hmm. It's just about can he translate that to the NFL level. And right now that has not been seen. Yeah. So... Man, so we talk about Romeo Dobbs way too much on this show, but I feel like we still haven't quite figured this out, or maybe we maybe we just don't know what to say. But first of all, Romeo Dobbs or Alan Lazard? Oh, give me Romeo Dobbs. Right. And then Dobbs or Fernero, do you agree with that? Yes. Or Christian Watson? Yeah. Dobbs again for me. I'm not. I, I'm out on Christian Watson. I always and have been. <laughs> Rich, you brought up Watson a little bit earlier. You haven't really seen him play too much. Yeah, I mean, I don't like seeing him drop that first ball. There was kind of this question mark coming in. He's got the speed. He's really got that high draft pedigree that the, the Packers don't spend on. I would still go. I would still lean towards Watson because of the ceiling that he has. Um, and can Dubs become a really special player? Like eight for eight from Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I know, man. I and mean, he looked really trust good. He just built. Well, let's not forget Christian Watson was a healthy scratch as well, I believe. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, I mean, if you had to tell me who's going to be the number one fantasy receiver on that offense for the rest of the 2022 season, I would pick Romeo Dubs. Uh, I would. I would say the more, I mean, Rodgers talked about him in the, in the preseason. He looked good in the preseason. He had a really good camp talking about him. You just mentioned this last week. He, he he kept going to him. Like, Rodgers wants to have that guy he could trust and rely on. And, and the more that happens to Romeo, the better, I guess, overall for him. It gives him the higher ceiling. Yeah. Uh, and Watson's got to earn his role. And is he behind the eight ball? We've seen this so many times, right, where, like, somebody's hurt throughout camp. And they can't – and, they, like, again, they can just never get caught back up in that season. It's just really hard for them to do because they sat out so much. They had no time to build that rapport. And when you get in season, definitely when you get in season, a team like this with the Packers, where they have Aaron Rodgers and win windows now is they don't have time for you to just like slowly, naturally, like they need you to like, can you help us win this week or not? It's that simple. Now, yeah. Sammy Watkins going IR should help a little bit. Um, and they don't really have that true downfield threat in Watson, but, I don't care about being a downfield threat. I mean, I got to Alec Pierce can be a downfield threat. Like who's getting all the targets and who's catching the football. And right now it looks like it's going to be Romeo Dubs. So I think dynasty long-term I'd slightly lean Watson, but it's like neck and neck, right? Like I don't think there's really a wrong answer there. Uh, I think the safe answer is easy Romeo, right? That's the safest answer you could take, but I would probably just shoot for the moon. Um, Go for that upside because then, I mean, how much longer is Rogers playing and then where's Romeo's value? And that's what I was going to say, Rich. I will go so far as to say for as long as Aaron Rodgers is in Green Bay, oh, it's 100%. Romeo. Yeah. Because I, I I think going like eight for eight, even though it's just week three and Watson isn't out there healthy, I think that going eight for eight from Aaron Rodgers is way different than going like eight for eight from Trevor Lawrence, even kind of like you mentioned yeah. about the running backs earlier with, um, 
I already forgot his name, James Cook, even talking about that and like how those teams want to win and they want the production out there. And I think get going eight for eight with Aaron Rodgers and the touchdown when Lazard's going six for four, I, I think that you just earned a solidified role as long as Aaron Rodgers is out there. Yeah, because target share is everything. Carries are everything. For a receiver, what's his target share? How many targets does he get in a game? For running yeah. back, how many carries is he getting? How many touches is he going to get? Like, it's everything. Because it's fancy football. Again, it goes back to what we said earlier. It's fancy football production. That's yep. what I'm looking for. That's what we're all looking for. He's like, running. Forget names. Forget anything else. Like, I want production, 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 production. And yep. then you're right. Going eight for eight for Darren Rodgers speaks way more volume than going, you know, somebody else having a good week. And it's not, it's not just having a good week. It's like it's been these steps we've been here. Like, if, if Romeo Dubs was a staircase, like we're already on like the eighth floor, right? Cause it's just like, we've been here in every step of the way. It's just, he was a preseason darling. And now here we are week three and it's starting to translate. And that's early, right? We're already like a yeah. sixth of the way through the season. It's early. So if you have something to like the grow on, that's great. But I mean, if you're buying Romeo Dubs in, in dynasty, good luck. I mean, what are you going to, you're going to want a 23 first for him. What are you going to, you know, like what, are you going to give him up for much less? Are you going to take a second for Romeo Dubs? No. <laughs> yeah. He was you wide know? receiver 10 this week, making Finero some bank in the nice. predictions. Love it. <laughs> um, but you guys mentioned Chris Olave a little bit easier He earlier. He was wide receiver 4, 147 yards. Air yard king. Yeah. Yeah, Olave is a stud. I mean, I mean, okay, stud. Uh, let me refrain that. I said this on my podcast. This is what I'm going to say about what I loved about this game with Olave, and I feel like I was kind of wrong about my uh, preseason analysis on him, is what I loved about Olave, yeah, you're like, oh, well, Jarvis Landry got hurt and Michael Thomas got hurt, and that's why he got all – like he did so well. Yeah, he did. And that's what I love to see. I love I loved that I was able to see him produce when he had to step up and be the number one guy because – that was my concern on Olave. Like, could he be the number one guy? Because, you know, again, if you watch his college tape, he went down so easily in college. Like, he never break anything. I think he had zero broken ta- uh, tackles last year. Zero. Um, so the fact that he was able to come in and produce at such a high level with no Jarvis Landry and Michael Thomas spoke volumes to me about his dynasty future because he yeah. could produce and it can Isn't produce it at a so funny level. how people are like, they'll be like, Oh, I just want to see how he does when he's out there alone. And then it'll happen. And it's like, well, he was out there alone. <laughs> so he got all the opportunity. You know, yeah. That's what you wanted to see. That's what last week. That's what you said. And now we saw it and you're shitting on that too. And then the next week they're like, well, Michael Thomas and Landry was back. So he was wide open on all the plays. And it, it's so funny. It, it's very cynical. It is. So you guys talked a little bit about this on Nerds this week too, but I'm watching this all year long. And it's Zach, not Zach, but Garrett Wilson and Drake London. And I'm on the Drake London side of this for the season. So last, last week through week two, Wilson had London by about four and a half points and that it's been... And that was because he was like target king and he caught more of them last week from Flacco. But now through week three, it's that touchdown too. They both have exactly 214 yards. But London's done it on seven less targets, two less catches. And he's only two points behind Wilson. Are you, are you guys, you're on the London side, right? Is everybody here Drake London? Just me? Well, I mean, last week I made a story for London, just kind of knowing already that Jason DiRienzo, our guest last week, was going to pick the Wilson side. So I wanted to paint the picture for London. I'm still there, but as I mentioned last week, it's it's by a smidge. Like, it's it really yeah, is. And, yeah. and honestly, it, it all comes down to, I mean, all fantasy football does, but to the unknowns, like I'm not sold on Zach Wilson yet. I don't know what, I don't know what 
Garrett Wilson's usage is going to look like or change. It could wind up being a whole bunch of Elijah Moore by then. Like, I don't know. And so I don't know how good he is, and I don't know what the usage is going to be when Wilson returns. We're going to find out soon, at least one game. And then I, I'm certain I don't know who the quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons is going to be. So, like, that, those are two really big uncertainties on both sides. So, like, this argument is tough. Um, they're both excellent players. I think we know that already. I think we know that if you drafted them in rookie drafts, you're very happy with your decisions. Um, but I, I slightly into London. Fenero, if I, at the beginning of the season, would you have said that Drake London, and I know you leaned London, but I'm going to throw this out here because you said you don't know what his quarterback situation is going to be. But would you have said that his quarterback situation with Mariota and or Ritter is ideal? No, of course not. And look what he's doing, so it can't yeah, get worse, nice. right? Yeah, that's nice. But, I mean, to that, look at what Wilson's been dealing with. Yeah. You know what I mean? They both have had he like, said less than he ideal situations. He said, Garrett Wilson's words, he said that Joe Flacco throws, flip, nice throws very friendly wide receiver balls. Yes. That was his fault. He likes Flacco's balls. I, I remember hearing that. <laughs> <laughs> So we didn't get to hear where Rich is on this side, though. London side, easily. Not oh wow! Oh, uh, oh, easily. And, yeah, and here's why. Not uh, so easy for me. A lot of a lot of reasons. Uh, Mike said, you know, it's like, hey, like we don't know what's going to happen when Zach Wilson comes back. But look, at, I mean, look at look at look at what we know for sure. We know that the Jets have Zach Wilson come back. It's a little bit of a question mark. We know they have Elijah Moore in that roster, and he's really good. We know Corey Davis is solid. He's a great number three guy on there. And they have two really good running backs in Michael Carter and Brees Hall, too. Yeah. So that's really good. A lot of weapons. So there's a lot of different ways that story can go. A lot of different ways. Uh, now you go to Drake London, who got the highest draft capital of the two. Uh, there is no other question mark besides Kyle Pitts. And Kyle Pitts is coming off the greatest rookie tight end season we've ever seen. The biggest dynasty darling you possibly have ever seen in dynasty fantasy football, like one of the most impossible players to get, literally one of the most impossible players to buy in fantasy football dynasty. And Mark and Drake London still seeing all the target share, all of it. And it can't get any worse than Marcus Mariota being your quarterback. And there's no, their running back is a converted 31 year old wide receiver. And there's no other receivers on the roster. Now, will that change? Of course it will change because it, if you had any receiver on this roster, they're going to be better, most likely, than Omid Zach. You know, I mean, so it's going to get better. But Drake London's got the target share. He's already doing what he did in college, uh, and that's what I want. I want, I want those true number one receivers, right? When there's nobody else to throw the football to. That's not the case in in New York, in, in New York, and this team's bad, so they're constantly playing from behind and chucking the football downfield. I mean, I look at Drake London as the next Mike Evans. And that's somebody who's a wide receiver one year in, year out, who's always been underappreciated. And Garrett Wilson might be the better overall wide receiver potentially. But I think, again, that's I don't care about that. Like, who's who looks like they had the clearest path to the most fantasy production for the longest period of time? And then to me, that looks like Drake London. I think Drake London finishes in a, with more fantasy points this season. I think Drake London has a chance to finish with the most fantasy points next season. And every season counts. I mean – most of these players, like even a receiver, you're going to be lucky to get eight years out of them. And that's a really good career, right? Like if you get eight years out of them. Yeah. So all of a sudden, if you just like wait two years, well, that's 25% of their whole total usage, right? I just lost a quarter of my production by waiting two years. Like I'm not here to wait. You know, I mean, and if you have Garrett Wilson, you draft, you have Drake London, like you drafted him pretty high. So your team, if you didn't trade for that pick, was pretty bad as, as it as it begins with, and listen, you're in a good spot if you have either of these guys, right? Or even Crystal, you're in a good spot. But I want the guy who's seeing all the targets. I want them all. I want them on the worst football team. I don't want, well, what if Elijah Moore steps up? Or what if Brees Hall gets so good they run to the, I don't, or Zach Wilson's not good. They're committed to Zach Wilson. They're not committed to Marcus Mariota. Right. We know that quarterback situation is going to get better. Like, no matter what you do, it's going to get better. They could probably bring in Desmond Ritter off the bench. It could probably be a little bit better. So, yeah, I'm taking a guy again with it who I see has a path for more fancy football production. To me, that's Drake London. Love it. Drake London across the board. It's a wash. 
a freaking wash. It is. We need to get to these predictions. First of all, we had Jason and Brandon. Jason D. Rienzo, you mentioned, and Brandon Lejeune on last week, doubled up and got negative 23 to take the guests down to negative 70. That's Rich is going to bring them back from the depths of hell. I don't even know where they're at. I don't I don't know if we've had a negative 70 this early. I'm at negative 16. Um I got plus 1 from Walker and then Fenero won again. Fenero's been leading this the whole time. He's at plus 12. He had the big one with Romeo Dobbs, wide receiver 10 last week and rookie number 2 overall. Well, this, so, this, is, this is a fickle, fickle game, but the one thing you absolutely can't do is choose somebody that doesn't play. And unfortunately, no, you, unfortunately, that's what uh, Jason and Brandon did. They picked a player that didn't start. And I picked somebody that didn't have any touches in Hassan Haskins. Yes, you did. But that so, is harder to results. predict than, than you know, you, you definitely don't want to pick somebody who's, like, highly questionable at the moment. So... We can't use anybody from last week's top 12. We also can't use anybody that's been in the top 12 50% of the time, and that is Traylon Burks, Jahan Dotson, or Xander Horvath. How can, wow. he, how can he not be? How can he not? Which was like, I was going Horvath the whole time. Like, we had to talk him back into coming Jake on Ferguson. the show. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh,. And then you can't use Kyle Phillips or Ferguson because those guys were picked last week. Yeah. Are we still snaking this, Fenero? That's entirely up to we're you. We're snaking. And let's let the guests pick where they want to snake this week. How about we do that? Can I just where they okay, want to get my guy? Well, yeah, Fenero keeps to, getting these back. I'm cheating here. It sounds Rich, like Rich wants Fenero to go keeps first, getting though. these back to backs, <laughs> and it's freaking ridiculous because he's just killing us. Well, why don't we do this? Why don't we let Rich go wherever he wants? And it sounds like he wants to go first, so he'll get his guy. Then I'll go second, and then you can have the back to back. What? Whatever. Um, but <laughs> mind you, Rich, when you're doing this, the where you pick. If you're going to pick somebody like, say, George Pickens, for example, first, yes. you can be behind Fenero. He's saying because I can't pick George Pickens. So he's trying to help oh, you. You could strategy. be behind Fenero and well, still get George that earlier pick. Because he can't take him. You still get your guy and you'd get the earlier pick on the way out. Uh, yes. Okay. All right. Yeah. Then put me behind uh, Fenero. All right. So we'll let Fenero go first. <laughs> without the without the wonderful George George Pickens at my disposal. No problem. It's gonna, um, now the thing that's going to suck is a, he's going to take one of my guys. Well, in all fairness, there's a, there's a pretty excellent teardrop after George Pickens. So This makes um, it more fun for me. So, so, Rich, just to clarify, I'm going first? Yes. Okay. All right. So without George Pickens available, I am going to go dip into the tight end premium one more time. Love the talent. Love how Baltimore is using tight end one-two punch. Going to go to Isaiah, Isaiah Likely and hope that he scores or gets, I don't know, five catches. That, that'll put him in the top 12. Yeah, I like that pick, man. And they, they had him there pretty heavy week, too. Yep. Just fell out this week, so I think he was tight end fifteen week two. So Looking now we go to back. Rich, and I think this pick I'm just gonna put it in for you, but I think we're going George Pickens. <laughs> yeah, I'm going George Pickens versus Jets. I think he showed us last week. You know, they, they talked to him a little bit last week. We gotta get you know, he guy says he's ninety nine point nine percent open. Uh um I was at that game, that was one of the best catches I've ever seen. Yeah. I had to watch it five times for replay in the stadium because it looks that good. It happened right in front of me, so I was blessed to see it, like, oh, right I there. Um, and, you know, playing the Jets, Sauce Gardner is a stud. But the Jets secondary, when it comes to stopping the fantasy football wide receiver, is really in, the, like, the top of that bottom third when it comes to stopping those guys. And the number one guy is easily going to go on Deontay Johnson, not George Pickens. So Mitch Trubisky getting a little bit more flack uh, for, for not really – like they're already calling for Kenny Pickett, right? So he's got to step his game up here a little bit here. So I think George Pickens is a line in line to see his role slowly increase and kind of overtake Chase Claypool because I think we all know what Chase Claypool is uh, when it comes to production. He's just, he's more of a loud mouth than a producer. 
So I'm going to take George Pickens here to be to be my guy to kind of start to slowly establish as a dynasty stud. I love it. And he got some more targets last week than he did the first two weeks. I think he had seven first two weeks. I think he had three week one and week two. So doubled his production week three. I think that's really good to see. I am going with Kyle Phillips. He's practicing this week. I think that he will get some targets again. Hopefully rival week one a little bit. And then for my second pick, because I get a snake, I'm not used to being here. And to your surprise, Fenero, I'm actually going to take another guy that's practicing this week and Christian Watson, who I threw some shade on and will continue to do so. But I think that he has a chance to make it into this top 12 as much as anybody this week. And I'm taking Christian Watson. And then going back to Rich. Can I take Damian Pierce? Is that an option? You can't because he made the list last week. He was running back 10. Didn't know. Didn't know. Just kind of falling along here. So I I, I can't take Brees Hall either, right? Correct. Okay, that's fine. I think I'm going to go ahead and go with uh, Alec Pierce. Uh, Alec Pierce also made the top 12 last week. Oh, my God, he did, didn't he? A first-time entry at wide receiver 52. He had three receptions on five targets, 61 yards. Okay, that's what that put a little hamper in there. I can't take Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker's, Walker's got a fantastic you could matchup take, this week versus um, David Bell. David Bell is an interesting choice because they're playing uh, Atlanta. They're like the bottom three when it comes to stopping a fancy football wide receiver uh, with with potentially no Miles Garrett and no Javian Clowney. This <laughs> game could be a little bit closer could. than expected, and the football might they might have throw the football. They still don't have no clear-cut number two because even after Donovan Peoples-Jones saw that heavy target share week one, it all went to Mari Cooper, and rightfully so. And then David Njogu kind of slid in that number two role. But I know they like David Bell a lot here in Cleveland. Like Anthony, uh, uh, the the, uh, the coaching staff, the GM, everybody really likes David Bell a lot. So that wouldn't be a bad choice. So actually, I would go David Bell. He was on my list here of guys to mention. I didn't know I have to take him this high, but apparently I'm going to have to take him this high. So I will take David Bell. It is slim pickings, Rich. That's okay. (laughs) That's okay. I'm going to keep digging. Fenero, I'm curious what what you are left with. Yeah. Because I know uh, you make a pretty intensive list, and you planned on picking (laughs) back-to-back. No, no. I always have a list of, like, seven players, so I'm always prepared. Um, My... Third, no, I'm sorry, my fourth player I'm getting here at the sixth spot, and that is a running back that's getting more and more worked in with a decent amount of efficiency. He only had four Tyler carries. Algier? No, oh. he only had four carries, but had 30 yards um, and a catch. They're working him in slowly by slowly. Jalen Warren, that was I'm going to add in here <laughs> um, again. Um, I think there's a there's a pretty decent chance he misses the top 12 but not by much. And if I get lucky, uh, maybe with a couple extra catches or a couple other carries, maybe a whole series where we have Harris on the bench, who knows? Uh, the efficiency's there. And like I said, they're working them in. So I kind of dig it as far as like a safe pick. I, I don't, I don't, I don't have like a lot of faith. He's going to be in the top 12, but he's also in these lists always been right there. So it's, it feels like a really safe pick here. If I'm going to pick last, I want to pick safe. I love it. Read between the tea. Read between the tea <laughs> leaves. What he's really saying is sell Najee Harris. That's what he really <laughs> just what said, said with his last prediction there. <laughs> this has been fun as always, Rich. I appreciate you so much. Make sure to follow Rich at Dynasty Rich on Twitter. That's me. Go I'm to there. his website, DynastyNerds.com. Whether or not you put in code fever, you know, there's we we want you to subscribe, but there's a lot there without getting a membership, too. So go check it out, honestly. Just dynastynerds.com. There's so much there for you to check out. Yeah, listen to podcast comes out every Wednesday. We do two shows a free show and then the, the subscriber show, uh, as well. And I mean, that kind of give you a kind of good feel of what we do and what we talk about, even though like my outlandish uh personality doesn't really. <laughs> translate to what the website does or the tools do, but uh, 
I like to talk a lot. So oh man, I, I don't I, know. You you got to be kidding me! Like you guys are awesome. Like um, I think you mentioned on the show today, you've been doing that together for about nine years, uh, which yeah, is yeah. incredible in itself. But I mean, you can hear your guys's chemistry and your comfort and the jokes and the jokes that you will understand more the more you listen to any podcast and you get to know them. But um, listening to you guys is awesome. It's you laugh and you get some knowledge, and I think that that's very important and when you're doing this. And I think that that's probably a reason you guys have been so successful at what you do and stayed together and enjoyed it. Appreciate so. it, man. Really do. Always, uh, always enjoy talking fantasy football in any aspect. It's a, it's a joy to be able to live in, uh, hear people that want to hear your opinion. So as always, uh, great talking with two great people. So appreciate you guys having me on. I appreciate you back, you too, man. One thing I've definitely learned on uh, having Rich on on Rookie Fever is let the man talk. All he does is spit some spit some advice. Oh, all take he does. notes, man! It's yeah, incredible. Dude. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. He <laughs> is at Artvark TV. I am at Swagzilla Zero G. This is at Rookie Fever on Twitter, and I think we're, I think we're, I think we're out.